0: This Is being awesome with Rob Springer. At some point, I, uh, I've realized that I'm fascinated am with missing King Kong props. Now it's no mystery that I'm a fan of good old King Kong as is. But I, I part of part of liking King Kong is like enjoying the uh everything that goes into making a movie like that, you know. And there's two uh animatronics of King Kong that I'm just fascinated with finding out as much as I can about them. Uh, The first, of course, uh, from the 1976 King Kong remake. Part of the promotional whoop-dee-doo and stuff was the producers made a 40-foot robot King Kong that was more of a promotional stunt. Like saying, our movie's going to be starring this giant robot King Kong and all sorts of, you know, hoopla and the movie was basically Rick Baker in a nice King Kong suit running around against a green screen. But the scene um, in the final act where King Kong breaks loose before going on his rampage in the city—you know—they used that uh, big old prop there for the, the scenes in the crowd, and he's in the cage and stuff, and he's breaking out. They used some there, and they used it in some publicity. I almost said a public. Slit. I still don't know what I almost said. A publicity <laughs> pictures here or there. But it was pretty much just a. Not even much of a prop. It was basically an armature that stood up via a pole <laughs> put up behind it that it was basically bolted to. And it had some basic me- mechanisms for moving its head around. And its arms couldn't move or so. In fact, there's these pictures of uh, Jessica Lange. Ooh, excuse me. I burped. Pardon me. <laughs> but Jessica Lange in his arms or uh, in his hand for some publicity pictures and apparently they had to really quickly get her down from there because the people who made it was like get her out of there she <laughs> apparently is just apparently he's put on like zip ties or something because just the act of her being in his hand would have the arm could have fell right off and fell to the ground and or with her in it and that's just insane to think about his giant 40 foot metal thing covered in fur The arm could just fall off with that little... Anyway, but apparently after the movie, it went missing for a while, and they've got parts of it found at the display, I think at the display at the studios that Dino De Laurentiis owns. But for a while, it went missing, and there's all sorts of pictures of it going through carnivals and what have you. And that's always really fascinating to me, to see these pictures of it in the back of some odd parking lot circus or something and there's they're having this animal show with lions and stuff and there's just King Kong back there. <laughs> I don't know why it fascinates me so much. The other one that I'm just fascinated with is uh from the Confrontation ride at Universal Studios Orlando, the King Kong ride that opened up with the park and it closed uh, in 02 to make room for the uh, mummy ride. It had two forty foot animatronic King Kongs in it. As part of its ride. Like at one point you encounter King Kong and he's hanging off of a building. And another part he's coming out and he's like grabs the car and shakes it and yells at you, you know, cool ride. But um you know, of course they demolished all the stuff when they tore down the ride and it's in the show building that uh the Mummy Returns ride is in. Where the King Kong ride was in. You know, so big they could put a whole roller coaster in there with robots and stuff. Well apparently you know, they said they said they sold off stuff and they demolished stuff. And some of the props, like the cars or whatever, used for Halloween Horror Nights and everything. But apparently, and allegedly, one of the heads from one of the animatronic King Kongs was stored under the tracks in the rye. Because, you know, it's pitch black. No, one, no one's going to see this giant monkey head. You know, like, why is there a giant monkey's head in Egypt? You know, no one's going to see it. And at some point... They said it's no longer there. And now some people said it's never been there. That was just rumor. But there's all these reports of people swearing. Like, the people that worked on the ride or whatever. Yeah, there's this enormous robot gorilla head underneath the tracks. And that that fascinates me, too. Because I'm like, yeah, you know, I can understand, like, some stuff being destroyed and some stuff getting reused. Like, you know, those car props or whatever. But you don't just destroy a 40-foot robot, <laughs> you know, that one from the 70s, you know, was in carnivals and stuff, and <laughs> like I just talked about, so I'm just like, where did that go, and I want, I want to see pictures of the head just sitting in the, or one of the employees took a picture when the lights were on or something, uh, and that just fascinates me, and that's ridiculous, but what else is ridiculous is that this is being awesome, the podcast about loving Transformers and having fun, I'm Rob. Look, I don't know why I'm so fascinated by robot gorillas either. I And on another thing, also there's King Kong showpieces that have got fired. At my... I am ridiculous. I don't know why I care so much about this. But, you know, things I do care about and I know I care about. This past Star Wars, I just spoiled my own segment. This past Thursday was May the 4th, which of course is Star Wars Day for the pun May the 4th be with you. And I was so elated and excited for Star Wars Day. Star Wars is just one of those things that I eternally love. Like, you know, you'll say your favorite movie, and Star Wars, like, goes past that for me. You know, it's a series. It's it's my favorite series of things, you know. It's just one of those, it's, it's something that shaped me since a child, you know. It's like, why do I like Transformers so much? Why do I like these things so much? It's like, well, I was raised by Star Wars, you know. And it's like, it's one of those things like I, uh, at some point I started getting emotional when I heard the theme music and stuff like that. Like I, it's ridiculous. So I was excited for star Wars day as I am every year. And, uh, you know, I woke up before I went to work and TBS was showing like all the movies in a marathon all day. That was great. Usually I watch uh, stuff off my DVR before I go to work. And instead I watched some episodes, some, uh, about a good 48 minutes to an hour of a new hope before I. You know, I started getting myself dressed and all that, and then it turned into just a crappy day, (laughs) like, I just had a bad day at work, and I kind of just didn't feel good, you know, yeah, sometimes you just, you feel out of it, and it's such a horrid day, and, um, this week, you know, being a night guy who works at night, I don't really get to see my wife a whole lot till the weekend, like, I see her a little bit in the morning when I come home before she goes to work, and... Sometimes she gets off a little early and I'll see her before I go to work sometimes. But usually it's weekend stuff. But this this past week at work, two guys in my department were out. They both went on vacation at the same time. And they were like the two head dudes. So what was left of us not only had to adjust for missing two guys, but also the two guys who pretty much run the show. So I, I, I worked like an extra hour to a day. And, you know, so when I came home that Friday morning after working over Thursday night, yeah, I could have just really used a hug. (laughs) And, of course, she wasn't there because, you know, the time was off. And I was like, oh, sucks, sucks so bad. But it's okay because everything comes back around, you know. And it was the perfect weekend for uh, the new Guardians of the Galaxy to be released because, you know, you just had Star Wars Day just a day or two before. And Guardians of the Galaxy has always been sort of like that. Everyone pretty much says it's the perfect Star Wars movie they, they didn't make, you know. And, you know, it certainly does fit right on in, even though it certainly is without a doubt straight up Marvel cosmic back and forth. But it really, they it's like I actually had said uh, in a Micronauts group I'm on in Facebook saying, like, Micronauts, Guardians of the Galaxy, Rom. And all these other assorted, assorted space opera things are kind of just dis- in one world to me because it's just like awesome space adventure time, <laughs> you know. And so that was good. We actually saw that this morning. We had uh, went to go see it, and, I, and my review is it's good because, you know, of course, I really like the first one. So the sequel I'm going to like also. If, it, if It's the worst thing in the world when a sequel to some, a movie you really like comes out and it's just a just a popcorn fart of a movie, just a dry turd. And you're like super disappointed, especially after loving the original one so much. And you always got to say, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, the first one, just the, you know, the first one, <laughs> you know, but I had a great time with that. It was really, it was great. It was funny after we left the movie theater, you know, and the theater we go to is awesome. You, yeah. You buy your tickets ahead of time. Cause you got to reserve your seats. And uh, that's awesome because you don't have to. Some people cramming around where you're try, getting in a movie trying to find a seat. You you have your seat you sit in, and there's only so many seats in a the theater, so it's like not so, not not like a ton of people crowding around you anyway. And like you know, if you go to the door, you have to pick what seats are left because you, you might have like half your family on one side of the theater and whatever. If you don't buy them ahead of time, it's so great and got reclining chairs. I just me and the wife just kicked back and <laughs> enjoyed. Rocket Raccoon and Groot and the gang. we had a good day, but when we got out of the theater, we had a little shopping we had to do, and it's so weird we went across the street to the Dollar General, not Dollar General, excuse me, Dollar Tree, because there's just some things they have cheaper. and well, because everything's a dollar. And she likes to make soap. I don't know if I've said that here before. I know it's, I put it on my Instagram, but she likes to she likes she has a lot of crafting hobbies she likes to do, and her newest one's making soap, making decorative soap. And a lot of the oddball things she needs, like measuring cups and whatever, well, the Dollar Tree is perfect for stuff like that. You know, just grab some El Cheapo stuff in case she messes it up or whatever. She's not, you know, out of really any money or whatever. And while we're there, I always check out the uh, the toys they have because, you know, usually it's like oddball, you know, oddball stuff like balloons and whoopee cushions, you know, very inexpensive action figure, you know, like not, nothing really... Too major, but every blue moon they'll have some liquidation stuff in there. And they sure did. Uh my favorite way of buying Star Wars toys is micro machines. And they had like an entire wave of uh the Phantom not Phantom Men, excuse me. Force Awakens micro machines, the single packs, not the ones that are about where you get about three ships in there. They had like a whole peg of those. So I bought a whole bunch of ones I didn't already have cause, and ones I wanted doubles of because when it's Micro Machines, you're like, I can afford to have a fleet of X-Wings. <laughs> so I totally bought like a whole bunch of those. That was an awesome, awesome plus to today. You know, speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy, yesterday, uh, Build-A-Bear had a Guardians of the Galaxy promotion. I think it went on all week or whatever where they had a, you can make your own rocket raccoon. So, of course, the wife wanted to do that. So we went to... Build-A-Bear and built her rocket. And afterwards, we went to the Toys R Us. And they still have not stocked any last night stuff. Like, they had, they had a couple of a couple of odds and ends. Like, they had put out a few toys. But still mostly empty pegs. Like Whatever the holdup with Toys R Us is, I keep hearing that they're waiting until June to put the stuff out. But until then, they just got empty shelves where they haven't restocked anything. But they had the promotional stuff out for the... <laughs> Last night, like the new cardboard standee and those decipher Cybertronian alphabet cards, which I grabbed a few and I was, <clears throat> they had a sale, like buy one, get one 40% off of movie toys. But it's like, it had like one, uh, Turbo barricade, which I totally would grab because I needed him. So I was like, well, I don't have the bumblebee either. If I grab it, uh, we buy one, get one 40% off. and I had like $10 of store credit for uh, rewards points. So I was like, this will be practically free. And of course, all they had was that one barricade, and I'm like, oh, they are like seven dollars at my Walmart. I'll just wait till I get groceries later. <laughs> and uh, but they did have a, as far as Titan Returns goes, they had a Titan Master Shuffler and uh, Repugnus. So I jumped on those. I couldn't wait. To, I was like happy to see those. And oddly enough, they finally found those uh new dog tags they have that have the G1 cartoon characters on them. I call them clickets or whatever. Where you can undo it like half of the dog tag and swap them out with other dog tags so like half of it's the robot mode and half of it's a picture of the vehicle uh, so I got one I got Starscream and I was just kind of like wow these are I like the metal ones better I like the standard dog tags better whenever I find those blind bag dog tags but that was pretty neat That was pretty neat I don't know if I'll buy any more but uh maybe one more maybe two more maybe a whole case more we'll see We'll we will find out and then I we went and got groceries and got that Barricade at Walmart where he's seven bucks. And I was like, you know, I'll get Bumblebee next week. Because last week, you know, I got a whole bunch of uh, last night toys. I got the whole first series of tiny Turbo Changers, and I got Barricade, and I got Hound, and I got the Turbo Changer Hound and Turbo Changer Optimus. So I was like, yeah, I'll just get Barricade. I, I got those two Titan Mashers. It'll be okay. So of course when we're out seeing Guardians today and I realize I forgot to buy coffee, we go to Walmart to get coffee and I've heard to look at more stuff for making soap with, and I end up getting a Bumblebee. So now i uh caught up on turbo changers for a while. <laughs> I don't want those big $20 ones with the armor. They're neat, but I don't really want to buy those. I'm happy with the tiny turbos and the standard one-step turbo changers. Those are, those are my jam as far as these movie turbo changers go. I love them so much. You know, I don't know. I went nuts for when the, when they were calling them one-step changers for the initial movie line of them. And it wasn't until that last wave till I kind of fell out of wanting to buy every single one. kind of regret that a little bit because I was literally like three figures off of having all of them. And I probably can still just go into a Rite Aid and find them, but... And, you know, I kind of bought them here and there through uh, Robots in the Skies. You know, I bought my share, but not the sheer number of them I was doing in Age of Extinction. And that was last night. I've so far gotten them all again, so I'm just wondering, you know, I'll just go to Rite Aid's. And get those ones I'm missing from the last movie. And not worry about the Robots in the Skies ones. Because I got plenty of them. <laughs> I don't know. I'm ridiculous. But you know, speaking of them. Um, tiny Turbo Changers. Those wonderful Blind Bag Transformers figures are out now. We all know a Series 2 was coming. And I think it was Argos. I'm not sure what store it is. There's a UK store, I think. That and it sales paper this week. Showed off series two, which isn't available yet, but that was the picture they had in the newspaper basically. Show we have these toys. So, I wonder if any any kids are going to be looking through those and like really wanting that red drift toy and they can't get it. But anyway, thanks to that, we're able to see what's all in series two. So, I have a list here of what's in series two, and then we got hot rod, barricade, um, a a green version of the grind door toy. So, maybe blackout, or who knows, maybe even a new character. There's a blue, a, a blue use of the Starscream mold, so that's probably obviously Thundercracker. There's like a, like a blue car, grayish car that everyone thinks is Cogman, one of the new characters from the movie. And of course they got Squeaks, which is just unadorable. It actually looks like it might be the best Squeaks toy because it's just like the that tiny, slightly chibi form factor just really works out for them. There's an Optimus and Bumblebee again, and no one really knows for yet. For certain, if those are the exact same toys from Series 1. Or if there's a paint difference, Dicko. Like, in the picture, they look like they get the same paint. But in their vehicle modes, they might not. Like, that Maybe Optimus has some, he's Maybe he's all blue. Or he has something painted on him different than the flames. And maybe the bees got different stripes or something. So that's something to pay attention to. But also, there's a Megatron Shockwave. Megatron, a Shockwave, Berserker, and Drift figure in that series. So for all you guys who are loving these tiny turbo changers, which is just about everybody who likes Transformer movie toys. You know, the the G1er dudes, I'm pretty sure aren't that into them. But all of us that totally dig movie stuff as well, we're digging them. And I like, I'm a sucker for blind bags anyway, as we all know. Which is funny to mention it. That is awful phrasing. But a funny thing to mention, uh, since we're on that point, is that you know, we were all bummed out somewhere around time, uh, sometime in Creo. They stopped putting those little codes on the bag. So you figure out which toy you had and go Google up the list for that wave and figure out which one's in which bag. And we all knew there's a little window. Well, Robert Harding and Talk Transformers this week, he deciphered there's a code actually, all, actually on the uh, Tiny Turbo Changers. It's a letter code. There's like a one letter over that window. And I've got it on Zonebase on my site, zonebase.org. It's on the sidebar, in case you guys want a handy list of, uh, when you go over there. I also made a little post, because when you go to my site, like, say, on your phone, it goes to the mobile version, and you can click full version and see the sidebar. But if you're not thinking, or you're just, you know, whatever, that's another way to do it. But also, if you're a member of uh, Talk Transformers, and if you listen to Being Awesome, you're probably a member of Talk Transformers. I said that like a wiener. Um... He's got his post there too. Pretty popular post. Everyone's happy to see it. So far, like uh, Greg from the AllSpark, you know, he, he talked to him, posted it on the AllSpark. And I think a couple of the other guys copied him because they started doing it too. But uh, it's pretty much all over now. And so so much thanks goes out to Robert Hurt and figuring that out. Hopefully he figures out the series two before I find him in stores. Because, you know, the wife and I, we figured out a system. Figuring out we got each and every one looking in those windows and filling the bags. But that letter would have been a lot easier because she was actually a little miffed that, oh, after we did that and stood there for 20 minutes. That was, that was funny. (laughs) We are ridiculous. But you know what? I have went on and on enough about random toys and stuff. Well, of course, that's half the show, but the other half, and you know, I was just talking about the group talk Transformers. We had the Q&A section of the show. You guys hear that? <laughs> I am sorry, my my dialogue is worse than normal this week. The Q and A portion of the show, which all content is fed from a thread, and Talk Transformers the exclusive talking place of being awesome. It's a group on Facebook. Go join it and Talk Transformers. <laughs> um, that was a horrible segue. I should. After we get done, I'm gonna take a wooden spoon from the kitchen. And not just any wooden spoon. You know the kind with the slots in it so you can stir soup? Beat the crap out of myself, one of those. I'm just like... And I already hear some people, let me take a sip of this wonderful Kool-Aid. Mm. That I mixed together using a wooden spoon. But well, I hear people, why would you use the ones with holes in them, not the solid ones? You've clearly clearly never been hitting with a wooden spoon before if you say that because you know those holes make it hurt worse somehow i'm gonna beat the crap out of myself for stumbling all over my words worse than normal this week but this week's question comes from eric crowbar and eric goes on to ask are the decepticons really bad guys or are they just misunderstood since we always look from the autobots point of view in some universes the decepticons really were justified in starting up a revolution. They end up just going too far afterwards. Well, Eric, that's a good question. And I think it's a point of view type of question uh, and answer type thing, because nobody thinks they're the bad guy. You know, if you look at any war, no matter what's over, both sides believe they were right. You know, no one believes they're wrong. And the other side thinks the other one's evil or horrible or whatever. And it goes on today. Just look at any of your friend's, Talking about politics. And on both sides of the fence. You know me I. I just don't care. (laughs) You know. Excuse me. But you know some of my friends get really worked up over it. And you got one friend. On one side of the uh, political fence. Calling the other ones horrible and evil. And the worst of the country. And this and that. And there's the other ones on the other side of the fence. Saying the exact same thing. You know. That's even politics where describing the other mindset downright evil and um it goes like that with wars and everything like hitler and the germans they thought they were right the entire world thought they were evil but they thought they were in the right so that just goes to show you it's i think it depends on how you think if you think a side's evil or not because the septicons certainly didn't think they were evil they thought they were doing the right thing you know they were revolutionaries or some you know a lot of them were criminals and bad-minded people and what have you but at the end of the day they, they were just looking out for themselves even in their own mind they they thought they were in the right or doing what nothing wrong what they're doing um all of our presentation has been they are the evil decept. it's even in the, the song the evil of the decepticons you know and you know modern fiction likes to paint out as them being revolutionaries that basically became terrorists and as overall bad guys and you know a lot of the times the cartoons are paying how just malicious folks that are in an army together, you know, they're, they, they have, they are not, not up to any good at all, but thinking about it, trying to think seriously that, uh, revolutionaries that went too far, if they're really evil or not, you know, yeah, we can say they're evil because they're the bad guys. It's a fictional story. There's not really a point of debating it too far than that, because it's like, yeah they are the bad guys they are the evil one. they were created to be evil <laughs> as far as the fiction as far as a, the fictional using of them goes but if you want to take a way and look at it realistically and like I said every side thinks they're right but one thing that gets me is uh like uh, there's a lot of overspoken people let's use this for example a lot of people who are really overspoken on their on their opinion of something and then they get to the point where they might be downright insulting to others who don't agree with them or mean-spirited about it or whatever. Or I, I I, don't think I'm alone in seeing people straight out telling people to unfriend someone if they agreed with something or whatever on Facebook. Or I think we've all seen people stop being friends lately <laughs> over political situations. You know, it, I think there's a point where it starts crossing into the too far and that's where it's like it actually might be start hitting the uh the cords of the definition of evil and i don't mean what's going on on facebook or whatever but let's just say let's say you you're really for one cause okay most people respect your opinion and then you start trying to force people to follow your cause you know there's being persuasive or or uh making them aware of an issue or whatever. And that's still, and people are like, okay, he's got opinion. Oh, that's interesting. You know, people either agree with you or they don't. But then when it starts falling into the uh, insulting, uh, really toxic behavior, like, you know, I I might catch some flack for this, but when I see these people um, outright telling people to they no longer want to know know them if they vote for a person or stop talking to me or i don't want to talk to you anymore and people losing friends and not talking to family members anymore whatever over political things that's where it starts crossing the line to me because it's like a it's like a toxic behavior you know it's, it starts going into that bullying like you're going to think my way or else and that's like the worst they can do at that point you know and i don't know if that's definitely evil or not but i think it starts kind of crossing into that territory and you know you start seeing like people bombing abortion clinics or churches or whatever over ideology. That's like I said, that's where that's where I think you have crossed over at that point. You know, it's you're straight up killing people over an idea. That's when I think it starts. Even if you're in the right, I don't know if it's definitely evil or not. You know, I don't think that person's cackling like Dracula, Dracula, did you guys hear that? Dracula later about the evil they've performed. Yeah, I don't think it's evil like that, but there's a certain evil I feel when, uh, when people start being harmful over points of views. You know, if you're fighting a war or you're in an instant situation where it's kill or be killed, that's one thing, you know. That's one thing altogether. But if you're, uh, when it starts like aggressive attacks to force people to essentially bow to your will, like my point of view is the right one and you will, you know, follow it or else, or they start terrifying you into thinking it or whatever. I think that starts kind of crossing the line into that to me, at least I think, I think people should uh, look, you're not going to agree with everyone. That's a fact. You know, you're not going to agree with everyone. And you know, sometimes people are going to say stuff that's going to make you angry when you disagree. You know. I'm I'm laughing already saying this. Kilby, Brian Kilby. You know, guy who runs the whole Radio Free Cybertron network whatever, and he's going to edit this show. He's going to put the uh, theme music up on it and put it up on the network for me after I submit this in. He really doesn't like Beats headphones like that. <laughs> he he, will, he cannot hear it without Instantly, no, no, that's that's not good. <laughs> you know, I made a joke one time on the main show saying, um, we We're talking about how you can listen to the show. Yeah, you can listen to the show on your beats, headphones, and re- everything stopped. I guess it'd be okay on beats, but you really want some good headphones, <laughs> like just right there. I think we all can get like that sometimes. Or, um, hey, you know, we're talking about Transformers here or hobbies. No one wants to hear when something they like gets crapped on, they get angry, you know. Those guys who are really militantly into the third party stuff to people that mainly buy third party stuff, the first negative thing said about third party they are ready to go you know i think I think everyone can get like that at some point about some things and I, and I think that's excusable because I think that's just being human, obviously, if you go too far, you went too far, and that's not excusable that's just rude and you're being a jerk, but like like you see a uh you see something going on that you don't agree with. Protesting. Yeah, protesting is fine. Shooting a rocket at that place is a different story. And that's where it starts. I think it starts, starts getting evil. I don't know if that's, like I said, definitely evil. But like I, it's, it's one of those hard to answer questions. There's no real black or white. A lot of areas are gray. But I think we can all agree. The minute. Harming people. Over an idea starts coming into play, no matter what the I can agree with you or not. The minute, minute it starts becoming harmful, I think that's where it starts crossing into the realistically evil. When I say realistically evil is not some guy twisting his mustache and laughing about sharks with lasers on them or something. I mean the you know, you watch these shows about uh, serial killers and the reenactments. And a killer is what people would describe as evil because he's murdering innocent people. He's murdering their family members, their spouses, their loved ones and stuff. The killer thinks they're in the right. And, uh, you see this all the time or like, and it does not even have to be like a political, uh, or a social thing. You see it occasionally like at sports. You know, I don't watch sports personally, but I, I see where it happens all the time at like, we rival fans getting in an enormous fight in a parking lot or something. And we're talking about they're fighting over entertainment. And I think when it comes to that point, I think it starts kind of bordering into real world evil right there. Cause that's where it's just like, that is just not cool whatsoever. You know, there's a, there's just a yeesh. <laughs> and it's, I have a pretty positive outlook on most things. I'm, I'm a pretty happy dude. I like to enjoy life. I like to smell the roses, so to speak, you know. But I know not everything is sunshine and lollipops. I just earlier really talked about having a bad day. So, I know there's going to be times where a disagreement realistically can turn ugly really fast. And that's just human nature. I think that's just tempers flaring or whatever. But the minute using like fear tactics or forcing a mindset to follow another. Yeah, I think that starts crossing into where I start kind of would consider a real world evil. So so the Decepticons being revolutionaries, the minute they started like attacking innocent people, you know, like colonies and all that and forcing their thought method that's when they start crossing the line. So yeah, I think in a real world sense, there's something of evil there because at the end of the day, if someone else's well being is less to you than your idea, it's, it's not, it's the mojo is not working out there. You're, you're not, you know, we're not talking about a horrible person who's killed a lot of people and the cops won't do it, and you take it in your own hands, and you go to jail because you shouldn't. You're not. You shouldn't be a vigilante and murdering people. But like thought processes or political leanings or whatever. However, these warmongering revolutionaries end up starting up from. As I, the minute you're willing to kill someone for disagreeing with you, I think there's some semblance of evil there. And, you know, some people may disagree with me, and that's totally cool. I'll kill you. I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. Totally won't. I'm a chill dude. I mean, come at me, bro. We'll we'll throw it out. Whoop your ass. I can't even say that while laughing. (laughs) Well, thanks for your question, Eric. That was a good one. And, hey, everyone, I wanted to take a minute out. You know, here at the end of the show, I usually plug the network and plug my social media before I do that, before I do that, I wanted to plug one of my favorite podcasts. Um, It's called the Toys R Us report. It's a, it's a whole network there, the Toys R Us report network. And they got show, they got the main flagship show, the Toys R Us report. And they do another show occasionally called this boring life. And there's another one called the fabulous life of Gino Vega and a couple other ones like that. That's I implore you guys to check them out. That is just one of my favorite shows to listen to, just uh the guy who runs the the the, the joint IC Robots. Um, that's just a someone cut from the same cloth as I am. Like I just totally totally dig that dude and I could totally I find myself relating more often than not because you know no one's exactly the same as the others. Everyone has different tastes or whatever, but that is a dude I totally totally can relate to almost Every time, although I really like pepperoni pizza, <laughs> <So> <laughs> but I'm also I'm talking about toys all day, so I can be a little immature in my pizza toppings. <laughs> but if you guys check that out, uh, search them out the Toys R Us report. I believe the site is IC Robots at Blogspot. But if you just uh, Google up Toys R Us report or IC Robots and not IC like icy hot like. The, the word I and then the word see like you're seeing robots and you'll find them pretty quick you know check them out on google play or itunes or whatever and you'll really enjoy it because if you enjoy this show you'll probably enjoy that one and I hope you do because that, that that dude that dude, dude puts on a great show I look forward to listening to it every week well guys I think I'm gonna wrap this one up the past couple of weeks I've been going a little longer than normal but this week, I've actually had a hard time finding time to make this episode. The past couple of weeks, I've been having a hard time finding time to record. And this week was just the same way. I think I just need a vacation. <laughs> I just need to burn some steam off. And I'm Memorial Day is around the corner, so I'm going to get a little break there. So that's going to help. But guys, regardless <laughs> of how long or short an episode is each week, Being Awesome, the podcast about loving Transformers and having fun, it's part of the Radio Free Cybertron family of shows. And you can find us all at tfradio.net for shows and showtimes. And you know what, guys? You might have realized I'm Rob. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at RoboRobSpringer. And since you're using the internet, check out my personal site, zonebase.org. That, that's zonebase.org. <laughs> I was going to say something clever, and the best thing I'd do was just say the name twice. Guys everyone, thanks for listening, and I hope everyone <laughs> bears with me stumbling through words, or whatever. I took notes on what I wanted this show to be like this week, and then I couldn't pronounce public <laughs> so i think I think my mind's butter from this hard week I just had, maybe a little more sore than or more sore. what is so hey. <laughs> good Lord. <laughs> I'm basically saying thanks for tolerating my brain farts this week and coughing like a moron in the microphone and I'll see you guys next week. This has been being awesome with Rob Springer. This Boys and got me with thoughts. Transform, see the future. your new power, you can be hero.